<laughs> yeah, Stinger. Stinger! Yeah, Vader whipped you like a dog. He whooped you like an animal. He whooped you until you got some color. What's up, guys? Welcome to another Getting Some Color. I forgot what episode number, but we're here again. Um, so <laughs> I'll make sure to label it. I, I don't think you guys care about the fucking number of the episode anyway. We, we talk about WWF Raw 1993 and WCW Saturday Night 1993. We are doing... Uh, February 1st, which was Raw, and then February 6th, which was WCW Saturday Night. That's right. Um, so, usually we start off with news, but there's really nothing to talk about besides um, AEW's doing AEW stuff. By the way, I, I don't know if you you watched, but did you see the Jericho and MJF segment where they were singing and dancing? No, I, I didn't. I heard about it, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I And a lot of people are doing this. And I, I really do hate the wrestling community, by the way. I think the wrestling community is the most toxic up there with Star Wars. Um, but they were just like, oh, man, this is going to kill AEW. And I'm like, guys, they were supposed to piss you off. This is supposed... Really? You guys think that's going to kill AEW? <laughs> And what? and and it's like, dude, they're heels. Because I'll, I'll I'll quickly talk about what happened. They went to a restaurant, uh, and they were ordering food. So MJF is like, I want my steak, you know, well done. And Jericho's like, Velma, I want my steak medium rare. And they just kept on going until pretty much it was just not cooked. <laughs> like at the end, they got like not cooked steak. They're just like it's just fucking raw. I don't. I don't want it. this. is disgusting. But they had like a whole dance number, uh, and apparently next week they're going to be doing a a town hall of inner circle with MJF. Um, so I don't know what that's going to bring. I don't think MJF should be in inner circle, and I wonder if this is somehow turning Jericho maybe face, um, maybe. They're all going to turn on Jericho and MJF is going to be the leader of the inner circle. That would be really interesting, in my opinion. Hmm. So I don't know. I guess we'll see on that. Uh, oh, by the way, remember when the bunny was with Cutie Marshall and Dustin Rhodes and stuff? Did you call, did you call him Cutie Marshall? Isn't that what his name is? QT Marshall? You said, but you said it like Cutie. I don't fucking care. Like That's cute. <laughs> um but so she's back with the butcher and the blade again and yeah. what <laughs> the the butcher and the blade is apparently part of the stable with eddie kingston the family or whatever um so they did a storyline on aew dark where uh qt marshall um was like laying on the floor and like is her name like Alice or whatever? I'm just going to call her the bunny. Allie. Uh, yeah, Allie. She comes out. Or no, Eddie Kingston's like, hey, buddy, I see you sitting there on the floor. I got a, I got a present for you. And like Allie comes out as the bunny and pretty much the butcher and the blade like beat up QT Marshall. And that's how she goes back again. Uh, okay. Here, AEW, I, I got a thing for you. 
Okay. I get it that you tried to show it on, you know, dark. I understand. But let it sar- serenade a little bit. Maybe keep her on one area and go with the storyline. As much as it sounds shitty, just do it. Like, what? what is the point of having her bounce? Like, that's with the Brandy and shit. Like, yeah. Just either A, don't put them on TV or have them be managers. So, like, stop it. It's really, it's really retarded. But on another note, I think they're going in the right direction. Uh, there are some things that are still kind of hokey. Um, Orange Cassidy apparently is going to face Cody for the TNT Championship at Full Gear. Um, I have a feeling they're going to put the title on Cody. Not Cody. They they already put that on Cody a lot. Uh, I feel like they're going to put it on Orange Cassidy. And that annoys me because I don't think he deserves a title for his gimmick. But he's so over, apparently, with the crowd. So, What crowd? They have a crowd more than fucking WWE. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. They got fucking Ric Flair in the Thunderdome. That's <laughs> so, all you need. Yeah. But that's all news I got. I mean, Pat McAfee's, like, I, I guess being somewhat of a manager to the new NXT champions. Tag team okay. champions? I don't know who, who they are. Oni. Who are they? Oni something. Oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. Yeah. And he, like, he mocked uh, the Undisputed Era or something like that. So I guess that's interesting to see. So stay tuned, everybody. And who cares about the main roster in WWE? Because that fucking sucks. Lana is going to challenge Asuka for the women's title. And if you put the women's title on Lana, you're a fucking idiot. I don't think she's getting it, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we're ready to get into some... I guess we'll go with the shitty one first. WWF. Hey, hang on. Don't spoil it. Okay. We got to let it marinate first, you know, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. We got to let it marinate in its juices. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Brutus Beefcake's juices. Oh, fuck. All right. (laughs) So we're doing Monday Night Raw live, uncooked, and fucking uncooked, whatever. It's raw. They didn't say that. You notice they only say that when Macho Man's there, by the way. I think that's just how they, Vince says they're going to do it. Like, Macho will say the first word, and then we, we say each one. Because when Bobby Heenan was there, they didn't, never did that shit. So. Yeah, Bobby Heenan was like, I'm not doing that shit, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still the same commentary Vince, Bartlett, and Savage. I wish Bartlett would go away. He was showing his ass again on this episode, too. Yeah, Ugh, he re- he ruined s- something later. We'll get to it. You might. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but to me, he re- he ruined something. Oh yeah, he. I, I think I have somewhere where he just ruins a match. Mm-hmm. But uh, they go into so, they did they have a promo in the beginning besides like them talking the commentators in the beginning. No, it pretty much just went straight to a match. Like Tatanka came out. Uh huh. Tatanka. He was fighting. So- da- yeah, he was fighting. Oh, Rob Bartlett said, "I used to have a truck called uh, Tatanka Truck," and then Vince was like, ha, 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 "Get a fake laugh." Yeah. <laughs> but, 
But uh, yeah, it was Tataka versus Damian Demento. And I was like, oh, Demento, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Tataka's decent, but Demento sucks. Mm. And I guess he speaks to some unseen entity in the sky. Because there's various points in the match where he's like pointing up at the sky and talking to himself and shit. He didn't do that during the match with The Undertaker, I know. No, and I wrote on here, I was like, who is he talking to? Like, I get he's trying to play into the character, but it's just like so retarded. (laughs) What is the character, the gimmick of Damian Demento? Is this supposed to be like Kraven from fucking Spider-Man or something? No, Kraven's not crazy like that. Hmm. He didn't talk to him. Well, he did talk to himself, but it was like he was monologuing to himself. He wasn't like talking to unseen entities or some shit. Um, there's not really much to say about this match because it's Tatanka working with Damian Demento. Yeah, Tatanka pretty much controlled this match because Demento is just like a fucking retard when it comes to wrestling. Um, but. (laughs) <laughs> Tatanka like pretty much hulked up because he was getting smacked around because obviously that's what the heels do they get control and then all of a sudden a good guy uh, he, the spirit animals are going into Tatanka and like fucking <laughs> taking over and winning the match and that it, it, it it's a typical Tatanka match in my opinion I, I guess I, I don't remember too many Tatanka matches I just remember thinking yeah he was alright you know um, I haven't seen too many of them recently, so I can't really say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was like you said, like Damien Demento did a heat spot and it wasn't that good because he's not good. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do any heel shit to get heat and he was just not doing very interesting things. Um, and then Tataka comes back with some chops and he hits the end of the trail, that Samoan drop mm-hmm. called end of the trail. He hits it for three. Match was blah. Demento drags things down. 4.25 out of 10. I gave it a little higher, but I think I might bring it down. I think I might bring it down to 4.75. I had okay. it at a, a 5.3 because I really like Tatanka sometimes. And he, he him just like hulking up with, with the Native Americans and shit. <laughs> I, I like Tatanka. Uh, it's just he's he's stuck with Damien Domino. It sucks. Yeah. So hopefully Tataka will get a better match later. Um, Brett presents the $100,000 check for the headlock on hunger. Yeah. I guess that was cool. They raised a hundred thousand dollars for starving people in Somalia. So undertaker's plea didn't fall on death ear, deaf ears. I said deaf ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's a lot of dead people because of hunger. The whole time, the whole time, I was like, "Man, a hundred thousand dollars is not a lot," but I guess it was a lot in the nineties. I mean, you could buy a lot of food with that money. I guess. Yeah, there, I, that was that was a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Um, now we get to this this part. This is probably the worst part of the show. Oh my so. fucking! What were they thinking when this happened? I don't know. Why don't Why don't you tell us what What were they thinking? <laughs> okay, so. One, I didn't know that Brutus Beefcake was uh, out <laughs> because of a parasailing fucking accident. And he he talks about going, you know, getting his accident. He had to re- reconstruct his face, apparently. 
<laughs> and yeah. then uh, he started talking about like Hulk Hogan being by his side and stuff. And he just started rambling to the point where somebody cheered when he said he got into a parasailing accident. <laughs> yeah. And because you could tell the fans were just like, what the fuck? Get to your point. So yeah. I, I guess this is all leading up to. Yeah, which you, down the road we'll get like Money Inc. and all and IRS and all that stuff. But like this, I guess this is supposed to push him up in the card. Like the whole time I kept on thinking, what what, what is the point? What was this supposed to lead to? I think I know what it's supposed to lead to. It leads to Hogan coming back. Mm -hmm. Hogan's been out of WWF for a little while now because of the steroid trials and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I guess, him and Vince made peace, brother, and he's going to come back for for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and th this is how it happens because I notice in the thumbnails, like when you're flipping through episodes... Uh, there's one of Hogan and Beefcake cutting a promo, brother, and Beefcake's all fucked up. Like, he's got a big bandage on his nose, and he's, his eyes are bruised. I think it's just makeup. I also, but, wrote, uh, I also wrote down Brutus Beefcake has so much bad luck because didn't they talk about, like, his wife getting a divorce and shit? <laughs> his mom died of cancer. His dad died of a heart attack from grief. Half from grief, half from sorrow is what he said. I'm like... <laughs> That's the fucking same thing. Yeah. Fucking done. <laughs> and then his wife gave him divorce papers for some reason. Yeah. And, and then he got hit walking around on the fucking beach, I guess. Some woman was parasailing and hit, her knee hit him in the face. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I had heard he had some kind of parasailing accident. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was him in it or yeah somebody hit him i never looked into it because i'm not really i don't never really cared for bruised beefcake at all mm -hmm. and this is a, a good example of like why not because it's like look at the end of the day the guy is maybe just an okay wrestler mm -hmm. and he had like a gimmick that was kind of amusing and got got over in the mid card you know in the 80s uh later down the road he becomes high knee H-I-G-H-K-N-E-E. -E, and that's what? supposed to be a play on words for high knee. Like high knee, like ass. Oh my god. He's been fuck? he's been in so many gimmicks, it's terrible. I remember he was uh he was in NWO too. I, I they renamed him something. Mm -hmm. It was fucking stupid. I was like I, I, I knew it was him, and I'm like, is that the barber dude? I'm like, why is he in the NWO? What the fuck? <laughs> but this was not good. I mean, I'm fine with Bruce Beefcake returning return him doing a promo. But this was way too long of a promo for his abilities. Yes. Like, he did the talk show. You know, he did the barbershop, and that's fine for him because he doesn't have to do much there. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, guys, this is the barbershop. And he, he has his big fucking cheers. And then he just lets the guys talk, basically. He's not like Piper, where Piper can instigate shit and fucking... Yeah stuff in the piper's pit but he has a talk show for some reason um and he's like flatly yelling about his shitty year and is i i timed it he this promo was eight minutes long mm -hmm. and he basically meandered on and to essentially just say 
I've had a rough go of it in my personal life, but I bounced back and I'm ready to get back to business. He could have just said this promo could have been a minute and a half or two minutes. Yeah. Like, here's how I would do it. Vince McMahon says, here we have Brutus Beefcake. He had some terrible luck. Uh, you know, he got hit by a parasailing person with a knee. Uh, you know, his mom died. His uh, father had a heart attack. You know, he divorced papers. Brutus Beefcake is back here on Raw. What do you have to say about this, Brutus? And he could be like, I've gone through a lot of adversity, but I am here. I, you know, reconstruct my face. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to kick ass. It's all about redemption. It's all about, it's all about the showing that I could still be here in the WWF. And that's all he had to say. But he kept on dragging. And I was like, okay, this yeah. is terrible. I, I even wrote, this promo sucks dick. <laughs> you just did a better job off top of your head. And on top of that, you're right. It sucks dick. He was verbally blowing Hogan in this promo, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, the way he was talking about Hogan was like he was just verbally fucking filleting him. And like the first person there after they took the bandages off my eyes was the Hulkster brother. Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I yeah, I noticed the crowd. I think was bored because it just it went way too long. Bad yeah. promo. Yeah, somebody cheered that he got fucked up. <laughs> and he and stuff, he's a f- face. Yeah, stuff like this. Here's the thing. Stuff like this is a good argument for scripted promos, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think Beefcake's really a promo guy. No. Like I think he, if you gave if maybe you gave him some lines, he would he could do okay. But this sucked. Mm-hmm. So this dragged the show down a little bit, and then we go to High energy versus Von Cross and Iron Mike Sharp. <laughs> and I saw Iron Mike Sharp and I got excited. Are you familiar with him? No. Oh my god. Iron Mike Sharp is one of my favorite jobbers. Because as I'm sure you noticed in this match, he's fucking ridiculous. He's like everything about Iron Mike Sharp is it's hard to explain. You just need to like go to YouTube. And type in like Iron Mike Sharp WWF, and you just find a video and watch it. Mm-hmm. The dude, what he does is, is he just looks like a plain old like wrestler, like maybe from the early '80s. At this point, I think he's getting into the end of his career, and he's just a guy who's enhancement talent, and he yells a bunch. He's always yelling at people, and you can hear him. I think even the people in the crowd could hear him because he's so loud. He's like, all right, all right, Owen Hart, let's go. And he's like slapping his shoulders, and he's like, all right, come on, come on. And then when he like runs the ropes, he goes, ah, <laughs> like, like, like he's a cartoon character. And then when he does moves, he does the same thing. He shouts. He's like, ah. And then even when he gets hit, that's, he sells. He goes, ah, ah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I bet you, like, Vince, like, loved it so much. He's like, hey, just keep on doing that. It's going to be great. Uh, this was a squash I, match. <laughs> it was a squash for high energy. I was ex- kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Because um, high energy was just kind of like a low mid-card tag team back then. And uh, Coco Beware is kind of like on the downturn of his career. And Owen Hart is just... I mean, he was in Stampede doing impressive shit for a while, and he did some pretty—he had some pretty good matches in Japan actually before he came to WWF. Mm-hmm. 
but he's just getting started in WWF. Um, yeah, they win with an assist missile drop kick into a matchbook covered by Owen. It was good. It was, yep. it was a good little squash. Yep, I gave this a squash review, meaning no review. <laughs> then we got Doink versus Typhoon. All right, I want to say that I was really surprised by this match. Um, because, yeah, I kind of was too. Because I was like, all right, Doink and Typhoon, this should be easy for Typhoon. Uh, what I was really impressed about this was that Doink pulled off believable takedowns. Like, he would... When you think of, like, moves, like, especially with the Big Show, you know, like, Big Show usually, like, lifts up his body to do it. Doink did some things where, like, it was almost semi-martial arts takedowns, uh, and, like, Typhoon, you know, sold it pretty well. Um, yeah. And, and I was really highly impressed with that. Uh, and <laughs> then Typhoon gets, like, a little... Um, offense where he's like i'm strong typhoon i'm gonna eat you and then doink just pretty much gets a pull the tights victory <laughs> yeah like uh, the thing with doink is is the guy played the original doink was matt bourne mm-hmm. and from what i always heard matt bourne was actually a pretty good worker um he might have i'm not sure about this but I think he might have an amateur wrestling background, and that's why he was able to do a lot of those takedowns and stuff. Okay, makes uh, sense. So I think he's drawing off of his amateur uh, shit, and it's funny because they play the commentary brings this up. It's like Doink is like taking Typhoon down, and like what the hell? They're all surprised by it, mm-hmm. and uh, like I didn't really know what to expect out of this match, and I thought it was kind of funny that this was the match that they advertised. <laughs> Yeah, the last episode, I'm like, Doink and Typhoon next week. And I'm like, what? <laughs> After you just had Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect? I guess that's the... Because I'm looking at this card. And, it, I mean... I mean, Yoko is almost going to be in WrestleMania. I don't know why that's not uh, advertised, right? They kind of are... like they. I think it's a given. Everybody knows. Yeah, okay, Yoko's going to go for the title at Mania. But I'm wondering, like... Well, Brett just had a title defense, so maybe he's not going to be featured until like maybe next week or a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. I expect him at some point on the show this this month, although they skip a week because of the dog show. So again, Raw only has three episodes in a month. I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's no um, February, whatever the fuck it, the m- next Monday is. There, that that's not an episode. So, okay, um, so we got just one episode next time, right? WCW. Yeah, we'll 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 talk about it after we're done. We'll either watch the just the WCW or we'll do the WCW and the Raw because it might work out better that way because we could just do the WCW and then just do the talk segment of like how was the month? We'll see. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Typhoon almost comes back. He like Doink goes for a crossbody and he just fucking power slams him. And then Typhoon has the advantage until he misses an avalanche. And then Doink hits a second rope clothesline and pulls on his tights for three. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, look at it. I'm shocked. And then they seem to be pushing Doink. Yeah, which is it, it's scary because I think I know where ninety four, you know, ninety four starts to go like downhill a little bit and have it. 
you having doink being pushed is kind of like okay why <laughs> i hey i'll take up for doink a little bit here okay um the initial idea with doink it's kind of interesting. It has legs as a mid-card heel act, I think. Okay. Especially as he is right now with the Matt Bourne playing him. Where you notice after the after the match is over, the the shit he was doing to the camera, mm-hmm. where he was just like looking at the camera like he was fucking like angry or like something. Something was going on there, and then he just started laughing. Huh. And I was like, "What?" And that, that's like this is the creepy doink era. Yeah. He's the evil clown and shit, you know. It almost felt like Joker-ish. I got Joker-ish vibes from him, actually. Or like, like maybe walk- Pennywise a little bit. Yeah. Um, I gave this a five because it was fine. It surprised me a little bit. It did its job. It got Doink over. I think the whole idea was Doink, Doink and Crush are going to have a match, Ugh. and they need to make Doink look like he can take on Crush. They they showed it. They, I mean, took down Typhoon. Come on. I'm surprised though because Typhoon and Earthquake were like a pretty big tag team. Yeah. And it's like now Typhoon's just losing the Doink. I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> I, I gave this a five point three out of ten because I was re- I was going to the, into this match and being like, ah, oh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a another squash because of Typhoon, and then all of a sudden Doink comes out with the win. And yeah. those those takedowns really impressed me. Yeah, I want to. I kind of want to try to see some of Matt Bourne earlier in his career, like when he's not the clown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that will be an episode where we we should mark down uh, stuff like that, where we could have like a one episode where we say, "Let's look at this guy's career and see what happens." Kind of like kind of kind of like to do a biography episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds kind of cool. Um, what's that? Oh, there was the the Tim Bell salute for Andre. I guess he had just passed away recently. Um, it's kind of interesting the timing of this though, because uh, a couple of guys just put an Andre biography out, a book, mm-hmm. and apparently it's like really good and interesting because it goes into way more of his career and just like his life and stuff than what a lot of other stuff has. Yeah. I think I'm going to get it, but, uh, it's called, I think it's called the eighth wonder, but yeah, there's I, a plug. I, I wrote down there. I said, sad face, Andre. I was like, I would like, even though I know he, he died, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> it's like watching a, like an actual live episode of raw. You know, when you see like, you know, when Eddie Guerrero died and stuff, except you don't have a crying Chris Benoit. Like, dude, that that was that was te- that was terrifying seeing Ed, uh, Chris Benoit cry like a. And I said, I'm I'm not saying this in like a terrible way, but he almost cried like a child. Chris Benoit, because yeah, he, I, I can understand getting really emotional, especially if you're really close to somebody like that. Like he was mm. like they were kind of like brothers, really. Yeah. And it's just, you know, but knowing what we know now, it's possible like he was already kind of affected by his CTE at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was. Eh. Yeah, it's still sad, though, because you know what happens to Andre and everything. 
Yeah. There's another guy I'd like to see earlier parts of his career from because he used to be able to work before his giantism and everything started really taking a toll on his body. Mm. He used to be able to do fucking drop kicks and he'd do like technical wrestling shit. <laughs> Did he start? Where was his uh, territory? Um. Well, he started wrestling in France and in Europe mostly apparently. Um, and that was the apparently early in his career. They didn't even really feature him as a giant, which is crazy. He's just like oh, this really tall guy that could wrestle. And he would lose a lot. Oh, Jesus, really? Okay. Yeah, that's it's shocking. He didn't start getting featured as like a giant until he came over to North America. He went to Montreal first. Mm-hmm. And then the Vachans, like Luna Vachans family, uh, started featuring him as they're like, you need to work, learn to work like a giant because he was used to just being like a European style worker, except he was like seven foot fucking four or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would be weird to see, I think. Uh, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> Next up is Yokozuna versus Bobby DeVito. No relation to Danny. I wrote that down. I said, is this relationship to Danny DeVito? <laughs> um, not Two, much to say about this. Three things I want to bring up. Comedian needs to stop making jokes about Yokozuna's butt cam. Uh, two... Holy shit, Yokozuna could do a super kick. Yeah, man, Yoko could work when he, he was at around that weight there. Mm-hmm. He could do some pretty good stuff. And three, Jim Dungan doesn't know how to use a phone. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. I have it wrote down, but I just forgot about it. They do that call-in thing they've been doing lately where somebody comes in on the phone and talks, and they try to do it hacksaw, and he fucking... I don't know if he lost reception somehow in the 90s or, or something, or the sound crew fucked it up in the truck. Yeah, because uh, Vince is like, hello, Jim Duncan, you there? And he's you like, there, pal? <laughs> he's like, I could hear you, Vince. And then he's like, I'm from America, and Yokozuna's from Japan, and we're going to show what America's really like. Ho! And I'm like, uh, I don't really care. This is, like, really weird. I always thought this was odd, even when I was a kid. Because, like, uh, I just, some on some level, I, I was like, why is it bad that he's from Japan? It's Pearl Harbor, brother. That was fucking 50 years ago at this point. Vince McMahon is racist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck? I was like, aren't we friends with Japan now? Why is Japan bad? <laughs> I, I think they were playing off of the uh, America number one and, you know, any other country is number two. Yeah, Vince loves that shit. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Yoko, this was a good squash for Yoko, though, because, yeah, he just opened up with a super kick and then he picked the fucker up and did, like, one of those swinging fucking rock bottoms. And when mm-hmm. a guy like Yokozuna does a move like that, it looks like he just fucking crushed you. Yeah, the ring shakes and it fucking bounces when he hits that move. Mm-hmm. He does the leg drop, my favorite leg drop, because he's just this massive fucking guy. <laughs> the leg drop looks like it would be a finisher for him. Bonsai drop over. Yep, and then good squash. Good squash. I love that match. Okay, now we got Money Inc. Ted DiBiase and IRS come out to issue a challenge to Beefcake after announcing his return. And I was like, 
wait, they're the tag team champions. And I just realized, like, this whole time that we've watched so far, we've watched one month of programming, including a pay-per-view, and we had no idea who the tag team champions were. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's where the tag team champions are. I, I didn't really think about it when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. But and then now that it happened, they finally came out with them. Like, what the fuck? Where have they been? <laughs> I think what really sucks, and I don't think it sucks. I think we get really lost when you know we start seeing people on the show because they're programming because they have like other shows and stuff. They showcase other wrestlers on those different shows, just like how they do today. Yeah. So, like, when you see, like, money income out of nowhere, you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, Superstars, I think, was a a bigger program back then. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm not mistaken, that was, like, their primary programming until Raw. Yeah. But, like, WCW still had other shows, too, but they seem to be better about the continuity of it. Mm -hmm. Like, it not really affecting things. Like, you're wondering, where the fuck are these people? And we like always, the only th- that only just came up recently in this episode where they're like, "There's going to be a television title tournament," and I was like, "What happened? Like, who's did, did it get vacated?" <laughs> um, what I really like about WCW Saturday Night is that they do recaps. Like, if yes. if you don't know what's going on, be like, "Oh, this is what happened," you know, last week or what happened on this pay per view or show. And this happened you- in Topeka, Kansas. Cactus Jack attacked people with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, what do you think of Money Inc.'s promo? It was okay. Like <clears throat> DiBiase and IRS, they do their thing. I, I love Ted DiBiase as a heel. Mm-hmm. He's he's fun, and uh, IRS do he's he got really mad because somebody wasn't paying taxes. This guy <laughs> is gimmick in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> he called. Who do you call tax cheats? I think it was um, Beefcake, actually. He just said he was a tax cheat. Yep. And, and he then, accused the entire crowd of being tax cheats. And then Jimmy Hart comes out and is like, why are you challenging Beefcake? You guys are world champions. We should be focusing on that. Yeah, he's like, come on, baby. We got we got contracts to go over and back. Come on, quit, quit fooling around. And then, like, I was like, okay, Jimmy Hart's manage, managing them. I didn't know that either. Oh, I knew about that. I didn't. And they they go to the back, and basically they want to challenge Beefcake. One of them does. And Jimmy Hart came out, and I'm wondering if, like, they're teasing dissension already because it seemed like Jimmy's not on page with, like, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it was a eh, segment. Yeah. I guess it's to further this angle with to, to the, the return of Hogan. Now we got Narcissist. Versus Jason Knight, uh, Lex Luger, the narcissist. Yeah, so I I really want to say, I love how Lex gets fucking mad at the fat ring lady. <laughs> that was that was totally a Vince visual comedy thing. I know it was because mm-hmm. Luger comes out, he does his narcissist thing, where he has the mirror and he takes off his robe and he poses and shit, and, he, and then yeah, a ring girl. There's been a ring girl on the show before mm-hmm. and this other one comes out now and she was fat <laughs> and, and that's why i say this is a vince thing yeah but, but luger just gets mad <laughs> he's like offended and he starts yelling at the referee he's like who is this 
who's this? You let this fat woman come out here and ruin everything. I don't know what he was yelling, but that's just like what I like to imagine. He's a fan. <laughs> this, this was this was a squash match. This I knew it was gonna be a squash match right right away. Oh, before the match starts though, we get one of those classic Mister Perfect segments where he does the sports shit. Oh yeah, where he catches his own pass. This is the first one, I think. Yeah, he's he's talking to the dude from the Minnesota. I don't know who the fuck he was. He was from the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I didn't write his name down. And he's like, he's talking about I'm a tight end and I know fucking good passes and shit. And then he's like, this guy can make a perfect pass. And then he throws, you know, the perfect throws some balls at him. And then he's like, you thought that was good? Watch this. And he starts playing his music, and he just throws the ball. And it cuts, and he runs. Mm-hmm. And then he run, it cuts again, and it shows the ball, and it shows the Vikings dude like, <laughs> like it's just it's literally like what he's doing. And then he catches his own pass, and he's like, "How was that?" And he was like, "That was perfect." Mm-hmm. Fucking, it's <laughs> awesome. And then it cuts back to pretty much like uh, Lex just fucking squashing uh, Jason Knight. Yeah, because uh, I don't remember anything besides Lex yelling at a fat lady and then just winning the match. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good showcase for Luger, you know, like a quick one, because mm-hmm. this guy is positioned, in my opinion, as like an upper mid card heel right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did some good. He did some of his good moves back when Luger could work a little better. Yeah. And then uh, what I liked about it was he pinned him with his pinky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just went like that. He put his pinky down on him, and then Vince is like, he's pinning him with his pinky. <laughs> he's the narcissist. And then Macho Man is like, too much. He's got too, he's too much of a narcissist, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he's done, though, after the, he's done, he gives this jobber a giant swing because fuck him. Mm-hmm. It just shows that, that the narcissist is an asshole. Yeah. And then Rob Bartlett totally kills it by saying, I think I saw that in a Three Stooges routine. And I got mad. Yeah, I got mad too. Because I was just like, dude, you just need to shut the fuck up. Like, I want to, like, I'm really to the point where I'm just like counting, going to research when he's out of Raw so that I could count down the days at this point. Oh my God, yes. The sooner he's off, the better the fucking broadcast will be. Because this, this killed, get, this kind of hampered Luger getting over as a heel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what that's the thing he did that made me mad this yeah. time. So I don't know about you, not much to say about this show. Uh, the ring girl they had this time was pretty hot until they replaced her with a fat woman. <laughs> uh, lots of squashes or nothing matches, but some squashes were good. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of Iron Mike Sharp. And I wish Bobby Heenan was managing Luger, but apparently that's not in the cards. Yeah. Because I think if Bobby Heenan was managing Luger, he would have got over more as the narcissist. Yeah. And then we could have seen some better matches. Like, I think I said Lex Luger versus Bret Hart. I just feel like that should have happened. Yep. I wrote down um, Brutus Beefcake's promo really, really fucking sucked. Yes. Uh, I said, really surprised by Doink. Uh, I want to, I actually do want to see a little bit more of Doink, uh, but hopefully he gets past, you know, the crush guy who says bra all the time. Bra. 
Um, Yoko, I want to see more of that super kick, but all the other <laughs> stuff is just like lame. And this show, I, I felt like if wrestling shows, you know, had a chance to take a day off, I think the show should have took a day off. So I gave this a 5.7 out of 10. I gave it a 4.75 out of 10. Okay, so I'm a little higher. Yeah, and you're right. They are going to take a day off because of the dog show. Yep. But this should have been the episode that took a day off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, we go to WCW Saturday night, February 6th. And already they're telling us the main event is Sting and Barry Windham, and I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm in. <laughs> uh, they start off though with stunning Steve Austin and Fly Brian against Johnny B. Bad and Two Cold Scorpio. And I'm like, all right, okay, all right, I'm in. I'm into this now. I said weird team, but okay. They teamed up before. Oh, did they? Yeah, there was a. They opened after night or Clash of Champions last month. Mm-hmm. The show after that, they had. Uh, Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, and Barry actually against Two Cold Scorpio, Johnny B. Bad, and um, fuck, I just forgot his name. I was wanting to say some good stuff about him, Brad Armstrong. Yeah. So they they did team before. So Pillman and Scorp start out, and they go back and forth and exchange some holds and shit, and then Scorp hits a couple of hip tosses on Pillman after they try to get cute. And Pillman's like, I can, I'm a high flyer too. I can counter shit. And then two, two cold fucking out colds and brother. Yep. Pillman rolls out because he gets scared. And then Scorpio goes out for a dive, but Pillman just falls to the ground. <laughs> like, like to counter him. And then when he comes up, he's doing that shit. He's like, yeah, I fucking knew what he was going to do. And but then no, Scorp out smarts and brother. He, he, he stopped because he saw what he was doing. And then he just hits a flying forearm. Mm hmm. And then he tags Johnny in. I wrote down Scorpio, uh, Two Cold Scorpio did pretty well with Flying Brian. Like, I was highly impressed that he, like, yeah, he's a high flyer, but, like, Brian Brian Pillman is a little more of a veteran than Two, Two Cold, right, at this point? I don't know how long Two Cold's been wrestling, but, like, yeah, Brian Pillman came from, like, he wrestled in Stampede for a while uh, in Calgary, and he's at this point, he's been in WCW for, like, a few years. Mm-hmm. So he he's been wrestling at least I want to say eight years at this point maybe. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, this is the thing about Pillman is he been a babyface the entire time up until this point. Mm-hmm. So now he's kind of showing off like oh, I can do I can work as a heel I got I can do ring psychology bullshits and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Let's see, Pillman gains control briefly, he tags Austin in, they brawl for a bit, crisscross till Austin gets a backdrop. Or no, he gets backdropped, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then Bad tags in Scorpio, and then Austin backdrops him and chokes him on the ropes. And then, like, n- near Pillman. And then he backs up so he can distract the referee, and Pillman grabs him and suplexes him outside. And I was like, oh, shit, because that looked pretty brutal. <laughs> I wrote down Steve Austin has really good heel tactics as a tag team partner. And, uh, you know, I've seen it with him and Triple H when they were tag team champions. Uh, But it's great to see with Flying Brian as well. 
I think at this point, Austin had been mostly working a heel for his career, like mm-hmm. so far. So he has like more experience being a heel actually than I think Brian does. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. They illegally double team Scorp for a bit. Pillman throws Scorp into the corner and he rebounds and he hits a high ass cross body. And yeah. He would have got a three, but Austin was distracting the referee. <laughs> what an <laughs> asshole. Um, Austin Scorp go at it a bit until Scorp hits crest kick and is able to separate and he tags Johnny B. Bad in and he fires up and does a, a, a fucking comeback and then he tries to hit the top rope sunset flip. He does, but Austin makes the save. I guess that was his finisher back then. Yeah. It seems like it. Um, see, it kind of breaks down after this and then Pillman swings at bad and he misses and then he tries to charge him into the ropes to go for that O'Connor roll pin. Mm-hmm. But then like Pillman at the last minute ducks and Johnny B. Bad's kind of hanging out of the ropes. Austin punches him. Pillman rolls him up, pulls the tights. They win. Yeah. I gave this a 7.1 out of 10 because even though... What am I saying? This is the first match. It set the tone for the night, in my opinion. Yeah, and it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good opener. Pillman and Austin are getting better as a team. Mm-hmm. And I liked how JR said, that did it. The best team won by hook or by crook. <laughs> he didn't make some big deal out of the fact that they cheated. He just he knew what was fucking going on. Yeah. <laughs> I gave us 6.5 out of 10. Okay. We're pretty close. Um, Next up was Tony interviews Barry Wyndham. Oh, I didn't see that online. Oh, weird. It, there wasn't much to it. It was pretty short to the point, unlike some people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Barry threatens to end Sting's career. Oh, okay. That was it. He basically said that within 20 seconds. And then Stinger. What were you, you going to say? No, then Stinger had a, a promo too right after that, right? Correct? Right after. Okay. Um, He was hyping up a house show match at the Omni, I think. Yeah, what I'm... Here's what I miss with a lot of promos these days. So Vader brings up his finisher move, right? Yep. Stinger brings up his finisher move. He's like, I don't really talk about this a lot, but the Scorpion Deathlock, you know, when I get that, you know, you're pretty much, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, you're pretty much done and out for the count. Like, why don't wrestlers do that anymore? Maybe because the finishers are not <laughs> Because nobody finishes anybody finishes yeah, anymore. Yeah. I guess. Oh, man, that's that good. Mm. Um, I miss that, yeah. I miss when they made a big deal out of their fucking finishers and shit. Yeah, because, you know, you know, once I put you through, you know, the clothesline from hell or, you know, the choke slam from hell, you're done. Like, yeah, when you knew the choke slam was about to happen, remember when that happened? They're done. That's it, one, mm-hmm. two, three. Uh, now, even with super kicks, even with chin, uh, sweet chin music, when uh, Shawn Michaels hits that, you know it's done. Now it's being used. Just like the DDT. DDT mm-hmm. was Jake the Snakes and, and other wrestlers. That's supposed to be a finisher. And everybody does it and acts like it's nothing. So, whatever. It's kind of coming back now, at least. Some mm-hmm. people can do a DDT as their finisher. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, it was a good promo by Sting. He just gave a fired-up baby face promo. And 
he mentioned his his move, and he was going to beat Vader at the Omni. Um, up next is Bob Cook and Steve Regal. Steve Regal's WCW and American Wrestling debut, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dreaded Bob Cook. <laughs> and I call him the dreaded Bob Cook because of those fucking punches he does. And he did a few of them in this match. Yeah. I wrote down, man, he's throwing those punches again. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it starts off and then Regal does some slick world of sport style stuff for a while. You know, a lot of the mat wrestling and some transitions and holds. Mm-hmm. Until Bob starts throwing bombs. And Regal <laughs> sells it awesome, too. Like, he hit him, and then Regal's, like, his fucking head snapped, and he, like, collapsed onto yep. the mat. And I was like, shit, there it is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Eventually, Regal makes a comeback. He kicks the shit out of him in the corner. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, when he was kicking, I was like, holy shit. And, like, Regal went off, like... After, like, Bob Cook, uh, that's his name, right? Bob Cook? Mm-hmm, yeah. Bob Cook, like, after he did his punches and everything, like, Regal looked like a madman. And I wrote down, I was like, holy shit, that's an awesome gut wrench that fucking Regal did. Yeah, he kicks the shit out of him, and then he, like, hits a fucking knee lift, and then he, like, hip tosses him, and then he throws him in the ropes, and he hits, like, this this gut-rich, spinning gut-rich suplex thing, and he pins him. I'm like, oh, shit, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's cool seeing Regal fire up, because I don't really remember a lot of Regal in the earlier part of his career. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool seeing him like that. Squash. Yep. Good squash, though. <laughs> up next, your favorite in WCW. He couldn't even sell this promo. <laughs> he couldn't even sell this promo because he 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 did he, he did what I said like last time. He's like, I was just helping out this little girl doing an autograph, and he comes around, and the cops arrest me. Uh. Here's the thing with this: I was like, I wrote Tony and Eric Watts go over the gas station incident once again. Haven't they done this already? Hmm. Like, why are they why are they rehashing it? Because I think because Eric Watts was uh, suspended and now he's unsuspended because they found out that he wasn't the instigator and he should have never got suspended because he was arrested by the cops. Because that's what the initial suspension was: is that he got arrested because he got suspended because he got arrested. Okay, mm. I'm still wondering why they felt the need to do this again. Because it's Eric Watts. Said, Eric- they could have just said, Eric, yeah, you're right, you're right. Ugh. Whose promo was worse, Beefcakes or Eric Watts's? I hate to say this. I think uh, Beefcake is worse because at least Eric Watts, like, he did something that I kind of, you know, kind of liked uh, when he was like, I didn't really want to fucking end, end uh, you know, his career by breaking his fucking leg. But I had to do it. I was doing self-defense. And I, I really enjoyed that. Because he literally did get fucking assaulted at a gas station. I like I like that he said, too, I get paid to fight. I don't fight in the streets, but you fucking made me fight in the streets. <laughs> like, okay, all right, Eric Watts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at least this had... One, it was short. And yeah. two, um, it was straight to the point. <laughs> there was no, like, like 
let let's take this weird journey about like Hulk Hogan saving my life when he really didn't. What the f- yeah, weird. It was like Hulk Hogan was Jesus or some shit. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, next up, Ron Simmons versus Mike Thor. And I was I was kind of hyped because I was finally getting to see Ron Simmons work. Those headbutts, dude. It was good. <laughs> I love this squash match. Mm-hmm. So like they lock up and Ron backs Thor into the corner, and then almost it's almost a clean break until Thor headbutts him. Ron Simmons no sells it, gets pissed, and headbutts the shit out of him in the corner, mm-hmm. like a dozen times, really fast. And then he fucking beats him down. He hits a famouser, <laughs> like yeah. a leaping famouser. I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I'm not used to seeing Ron Simmons work like this. And then he hits a power slam, just beats him. Yeah, it was it, it, dude. If this is how you do a squash match, WWF. I mean WWE. Yeah. Like, if, if you want to look at a squash, especially when you have like a Braun Strowman. You take matches like a Ron Simmons versus a Mike Thor or a or a Steven Regal versus a Bob Cook. Like yeah. if you take matches like that, then I will you know enjoy what you're doing. But when you just throw jobbers at somebody, like like oh we're facing Mike Thompson at you know Chicago because he lives in Chicago, let's put him against, you know, Braun Strowman for the fifteen thousandth time. No. You build no. somebody based off of wrestlers that are low tier, in my opinion. Like yeah. they, 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 they skirt the line of jobber and actual, you know, somebody that knows what they're doing, <laughs> sort of say, instead of just being a body. I think Cornette refers to that as underneath guy. Yeah, I, I, I get it now. I get like I, I used to call that lower card mm-hmm. guy, but I think that sounds better. Um, but I wrote a note about this too. This this makes Ron look like a beast, and I said old squashes were done so much better. And here's the thing: like you listed these two examples here from this show, but on Raw they actually had a good squash with Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. It was short. It wasn't that long. It was like a minute and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I thought about this. I'm like, you know what? They used to know how to do a good squash match. I've seen we've seen a couple of them. We've seen like a whole month full of them. <laughs> Just about, yeah. <laughs> what really gets me about modern time jobbers now is like they always got to make it comedic, in a sense. Like they always got to get the really really skinny people face against the really really muscled people, and then like they go for like a I don't know a fucking suplex and they can't lift the guy and it's like ha 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 and then all of a sudden they just they die. How the fuck would you try a suplex fucking Braun Strowman when you're like five foot seven and like maybe 185 pounds? That's fucking stupid. Because Vince McMahon <laughs> likes it and thinks it's funny and Bruce Pritchard says fucking yes, Vince. I like every <laughs> idea that you like. <laughs> but but it was just like yeah man like I. I'm just like, this is how you do a squash. The, the reason why modern squashes fail, except for the NXT, because they do do them correctly in NXT. Yeah, because of Triple H. Yeah, because he used to watch the old shit, so he knows how it's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, like, the problem with modern squash matches, especially WWE's case, is they always do this. They do this pattern. They get the big new big guy in, 
It could be Brodus Clay. It could be fucking Braun Strowman. Brodus Clay was like the most recent modern example of them trying to bring the squash match back. Yeah. After it being gone for so long. And what they called a mama. Jesus Christ, this went on for like, I feel like two months. And it was nothing but Bros Clay fights some fucking goober, some local goober. Mm. And he does uh, a move. He either shoulder checks him or fucking throws him or scoop slams him. And then he puts him in the corner and he does an avalanche because he's a fat guy. Mm. And then he hits the, the shit, whatever his fucking finisher was. I can't remember back then. I don't remember either. I don't remember it. And that was it. And every single time he hit those same moves in that sequence for like a month and a half. And then Strowman is the same shit. It was like you just said, the little guy tries to do something. He no sells it or he fucks his back up because he's like a third of his size. Mm-hmm. And then Braun Strowman hits the, you know, the, like the big punch to the chest. And then he uh, shoulder checks him and the guy does a flip and then he power slams him. Here's what I'll say about AEW jobber situation. Like, they kind of do it right a little bit. Because here's what I hate about, uh, you know, WWE when they do their jobber. Like, they always got to get the indie wrestler that nobody fucking knows, right? At least least AEW, they take indie wrestlers that are kind of relevant in that town. And, you know, they, they don't push them. Like, that would be stupid if somehow this person like defeats a a, a roster member aw hey that that wwe did that with santino <laughs> yeah touche um but but at the same time it's just like i always hated the argument especially from the dumb fucking internet ww uh inter- internet wrestling community oh at least you're getting some tv time and a paycheck I'm like, dude, that's so stupid to say that because it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool that they're on fucking Raw, but they look like a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, if you're going to job out, make sure you job out with honor, in my opinion. Yeah, they always pick the most gooberiest looking people they can. Mm -hmm. They just look like shit or they just look preposterous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Granted, some of the jobber guys we've seen in these 1993 episodes, they look kind of goobery and preposterous, but not on that level. Yeah. It's usually, they have like a really shitty hairstyle because it's the early nineties and wrestlers just loved mullets back then for some reason <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever. Mike Thor didn't look like shit. Mike Thor was like a pretty big guy. Yeah. I think he was taller than Ron and he wasn't thin. He was built. Ron just whipped his fucking ass though. And it looked good. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. I agree. Now, JR interviews Dustin real quick to talk about his title defense. This is just after Ron squashed fucking Thor. <laughs> and he's going to defend his title against Ron at Super Brawl. And I was like, yes. <laughs> this sounds like this could be good. And then Dustin and Ron respect each other. Ron comes down. And he's like, I respect you, brother. We're friends. We've been down the road. But, but I'm going to beat you ass. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to beat your ass. He's like, I'm going to come for that. And the Dustin's like, all right, brother, good luck. They wish each other good luck, and they go away. And I'm like, that's cool. They walk together. They walked They walked together after saying that, instead of having, like, goddamn, I well, like, there's tension all of a sudden. Because they always yeah. got to do that shit. Yeah, you notice that in, like, modern wrestling, like, 
I, you know, I'm a wrestler. I'm in your single. I'm in your same uh, federation. I'm gonna be facing you. And then they walk away. Oh man, there's tension between these two. Fuck off. It's like you're in the fucking wrestling business. They're gonna be facing each other at some point. I I hate that they always te- they gotta always teach fucking dissension or tension among friends the first time that there's an inkling of we're gonna have a match. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like only the new day was immune from that rule apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, oh the segment comes up here real quick where I was talking about the TV title is they're gonna have a tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, two separate tournaments. It's weird, <laughs> but. It's just a giant bracket, and they're just making it look. They're dressing it up. Um, some of these guys were pretty interesting in this bracket. These brackets, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. I remember Van Hammer's in there. Fucking, uh, oh, now I am blanking. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, Eric, Eric I, I didn't Watts. write anything. Yeah, I didn't write anything down because I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I was Marcus, like, "Cool." I was like, "Marcus cool, Alexander Bagwell." <laughs> I'm always gonna say his middle name because they always do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think Johnny B. Bad, Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of guys. It's gonna be interesting. Steve Regal. Yes, he was in there. Chris Benoit, your uncle, <laughs> is in there. My I veteran. think Chris Benoit. I think Chris Benoit and Steve Regal might have a match in that tournament. If they oh, do. Shit. Oh, if shit. They, if they do. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. I just want to know the conditions. Like, why is the title vacant? I don't know. Is it? But yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody left recently. Maybe. Um, They keep talking about Ric Flair, by the way. That's really funny. They keep bringing Ric Flair up. Yeah, they keep on saying like midnight. Was that like his contract was up or something? Like, oh, oh no, they're they, they were advertising the hotline. Remember, you used to be able to call the fucking company's hotline so oh. you could get insider information and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to want to call that. I was like, Dad, let me call the hotline. I was, and he's like, Fuck no, it costs like two dollars a minute <laughs> <laughs> like, or whatever it was. It was outrageous. Um. Next up is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> like all of this. Smoky <laughs> Mountain wrestling. Yeah. So JR is talking about Super Brawl. And then suddenly Jim Cornette and Heavenly Bodies show up. And it's funny because Jim Cornette just storms down the fucking stairs <laughs> where like the people are. And he just shoves that fucking gate over and walks over. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets on the mic and he tells the crowd to go play in traffic. <laughs> And he wants to talk to Bill Watts right now and ask if he's out riding a horse or something because he's <laughs> Cowboy Bill Watts. <laughs> and then he's just like ranting for like a minute. It's it's hard. You can't write down what he says because he talks so fucking fast. He talks so fast and like they they filmed this or not filmed it. They they worked this really well. And I like what I like about Jim Cornette is like he knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to work a situation. And like yeah. when when you're seeing this, like I I could see somebody in 1993 just getting like who do, is this a fan? And like even though they kind of say it's you know Jim Cornette and the Heavenly Bodies, if you didn't know about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I know me personally. If if, if I only watched WCW, I'd be like, who the fuck are these guys? Get the security out there. Yeah. Well, remember though, they were in WCW before this. 
Yeah. Yeah. So so some of the older fans would still know who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Bill Watts comes out, and then Jim Cornette says he's so tall the top of his hair comes through the top of his head comes through his hair or some shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> making fun of how he's bald. <laughs> and then uh, Cornette's mad at Watts because they showed footage of them getting beat up by rock and roll. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of this. They're fucking mad because they made him look bad, which is funny. And they argue and make fun of each other for a while. Like uh, Bill Watts calls him fat. Yep. And it's true because Corny's put on some weight because he's under a lot of stress running Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And if you listen to Jim Cornette, you know what happens when he gets stressed out is he eats a lot, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a funny little thing there. But um, rock and roll comes out and <laughs> shit breaks down as soon as they come out. Because they get mad at each other like that. And they start, like, they're, they're trying to fucking hit each other and shit. And I think Cornette hits fucking Ricky Morton with the racket real quick. Dude, there was a couple of times when Jim Cornette swung that tennis racket in, like, uh, especially when we get to the match where that, because that's where it's leading to. He just swings it, like, doesn't pull care. On. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't pull back. He knows how to work it. But yeah, like it's that's practice swings because he he also carries that for his own protection. Oh really? There, man, in the early days of his career, I guess back then it was a gimmick for like the manager needs to have some kind of object. Mm-hmm. And like they had canes or something or whatever, and then the, I forget how exactly they ha- he ended up with a tennis racket, but he did, and he. It got to a point to where, geez, in the fucking South where he's working, especially Mid-South Wrestling, they fucking hated him so much down there. Oh, they waited for him in the parking lot, right? No, they tried to fucking get him when he was coming out. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Like, he'd be in, like, Tulsa, Oklahoma or Louisiana. Those were, like, the worst places, apparently, for if you were a heel. Mm. They would try to grab his ass when he was coming out of the ring, and they'd have knives and shit. And he'd have to swing and hit him in the fucking head. He brained a few guys. He's told stories where he's busted fucking people open with that shit. Those anyway. Are, those are the people that go, wrestling is real to me, damn it. I miss that shit. I wish people still cared that much about wrestling. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill Watts just makes a match between both the teams, like right here. Mm. And they're fighting in their street clothes. Bobby Eaton's here too, by the way. We didn't mention that. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, so it's rock and roll and heavenly body, Stan Lane and Dr. Tom Pritchard. What's he a doctor of? I don't know. He's the doctor <laughs> of love, I guess, brother. <laughs> he's, uh, you notice how he's always fluffing his hair? Yeah. Like he's standing there and he's just like, he's like fluffing his fucking hair and shit. He's just mad. I'm just like, is that his thing? He just fluffs his hair so much. <laughs> um, This man, I, I could not write notes for this match and i didn't want to (laughs) because i wrote this match moves at such a fast pace and so much happens that pausing to record my thoughts and point out spots that stick out would take too long it's not even that like if you pause this match it would take away the flow of the match yeah that too Uh, and this really felt personal um with this match especially when they're fighting in their street clothes uh, but oh my god, Rock and Roll Express! 
And I love how they they take away. I keep on forgetting his name because I only know Ricky Morton. But like Robert other, Gibson, yeah, Robert Gibson. They just fucking toss that guy out, out of a rope, and they just spend their time just fucking beating the shit out of Ricky Morton because he's the the strongest of the bunch, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it was cool to see rock and roll work when they're younger. Yep, because we we've seen them recently where they're old now, and they can still they can still work. It's just they can't work like how they used to, obviously. Yeah, like I saw. Ricky Morton just jump up and do a Frankenstein. It was like, oh my god! And they they did a lot of cool moves. Both of them did. They were fast, head very scissors. fluid. Yeah, his Robert Gibson jumps real high and does like that stall out head scissors. I always like that move. It looks cool. Yeah, but it, and then there was to a point where pretty much it gets a DQ because it was just out of control. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And, and Dr. Tom and Stan were great too, of course. Yeah. Uh, they, they, especially in their heat segment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ricky was fucking selling and shit. Cause that's what always happens. Um, but yeah, it got to a point to where they hit the double do- drop kick on Tom and, uh, Bobby Eaton comes in and he saves it and it causes a DQ mm-hmm. and then all hell just fucking breaks loose. And they just start beating on both of them, including Jim Cornette. He starts stomping fucking Ricky, and then he's got the tennis racket and shit. And then guess what? The locker room comes out. <laughs> the locker room comes out to save them. And then I don't know who was on the fucking apron, but then Cornette swung the racket at yeah. that guy, and it made an audible sound. It was like, poof, like it hit, like it's like it smacked or some shit. Yeah, because when he went down, I'm like, did he really get hurt? Because like. It looked that good. I was like, oh, fuck. And then JR was like, this is this has gotten out of control. We're going to be back. <laughs> I actually gave this a high rating because I know a lot of people hate D- DQs these days. But this, from the promo all the way to the ring to the DQ, I was highly entertained. Yeah. And I gave this an 8.5 out of 10 mm. because I was just like, I was at the edge of my seat. I didn't want to pause the match at all. I see. I didn't take into account the promo before the match. I I, I count that as something separate. Mm-hmm. So I gave this match a seven point seventy five out of ten. Okay, because it was really good. It was really fast, and it's not. It's not like how matches are fast paced now. It wasn't like that. It's hard. <sighs> You get you could really get into a whole discussion about how this is a fast paced match is really different from matches now that people say it was fast paced there was shit happening all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Totally different. Um, just go watch it. Go go find this episode and go watch the the segment we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> um, Here's and then your up favorite, that, your, uh, your your favorite segment up close. Yes, I love these. WCW up close with Cactus and Gordon Soley. And it was okay. It kind of further explains Cactus's mindset and role as, an, in my opinion, he's now an anti-hero babyface. Yeah, because he... I love his wording because he's like, this is America and you can do whatever you want. It's and... a free country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really so like... If you want to cheer me, you can cheer me. If you want to boo me and, and, and disparage me and, and curl your lips at me, that's fine, too. <laughs> and I like the part where I, I don't know the, the host name, but he goes, you know, you, you go around hitting people. You, you, like, 
you're not a good guy because I just saw you on like one of the other shows, you know, hitting people with a shovel. You're sick. And <laughs> what was going through your head? Nothing. <laughs> it was great. Yep. Oh man, I love that shirt he has. By the way, I wish I wish you could buy that shirt. Tweet him. Say, hey man, link him. I'll give you the link to the WCW thing and a timestamp, and be like, hey man, just go to like uh, whatever wrestling uh, merchandise area and have that reprinted. I'll buy it. Pro wrestling keys. I think. Yeah, we'll do it. <clears throat> um, they announced though he's gonna fight Paul Orndorff at Super Brawl in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And I was fuck like, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, fuck yeah. That yeah. sounds fucking good, man. <laughs> I cannot wait for Super Brawl. Super Brawl just sounds better and better as we keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Ugh. Payne versus Brad Armstrong. I saw Brad Armstrong and I'm like, ooh, and then I'm like Max Payne. Ah, oh. <laughs> and then the match happened and I was like, oh. Uh, so I wrote down drop kicks and arm bar, and I wrote squash question mark. That's basically what it was. Like Brad Armstrong was trying to do some shit. He did that thing where, uh, you know, like a, a smaller guy tries to suplex a big guy and he can't, and then he does the thing where he does the backflip over him to get some momentum, mm-hmm. and it didn't work anyway. <laughs> and then he tries to hit like an arm drag, a hip toss, a drop kick, and then he just Max Payne overpowers him at every turn. Clotheslines him and he puts him in the Fujiwara armbar and he submits him. Yeah, so I was like, oh, they're trying to push Max Payne. <sighs> he looks like shit, man. Look, I'm not. He seems like a decent worker, especially for his size. That he's got some speed to him. Yeah. He seems like a guy who belongs in ECW, though. I don't mean that in a bad way. Just the way he looks and the way he works. It, it, I, I don't understand. One, I don't understand his gear, and two, his hair. Um, if anything, if I had to change one thing, and I could only change one thing, I would change his hair. Um, either I would, you know, make it straight so it's like long hair, like almost Undertaker kind of thing going on, or <laughs> I don't know, make it slick back or something into a ponytail. Because what he has going on right now, and I understand he's trying to be like deranged because he's Max Payne. But, like, if he's deranged, why is he wearing, like, a fucking stupid gear, if anything? he's supposed to be, like, a metalhead or some shit, I think, is sort of, like, the gimmick they're trying to do, or he's trying to do, because he quotes fucking Megadeth in his promos and shit, (laughs) and other stuff, but nothing about his appearance reflects that other than his crazy fucking messy hairstyle. His gear is just a black singlet like the Big Show fucking wears. Yep. It, with some camo patterns on the sides. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sad because Brad Armstrong got squashed so decidedly. Yep. Because I really like him. I want to see him have some more matches. But I just think at this point, that's not in the cards for him in WCW. Yep. I think he's going to soon go to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I guess, when his career career, his contract ends. And he'll probably get treated better there because <laughs> yeah, I think cause... Jim Cornette said he wanted him to be his champion, but Brad was still lo- locked down in a contract at the time. Yeah. I don't know if this was on your um, feed, but this was on my feed uh, because I, I watch it off of a different thing that just, you know, had the live version instead of the WWE Network version. Okay. So Leonard Skinner was having an awkward moment again. 
um, with Tony Giovanni. Tony Giovanni. Um, they were discussing Slam Jam or whatever, whatever their fucking album thing, the Slam thing. The Slam Jam, brother. Yeah. And the lead singer of Leonard Skinner, I want to say he was on acid during that interview. <laughs> because he would talk and he would like play with his hair and like the string on his jacket and be like, yeah, man, I can't wait, to, I can't wait to do this, uh, this, uh. This tour that we're doing. We're going to have a nice tour. We have one more album to go. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, and it, it was, like, weird. And Tony Schiavone was like, uh, okay, JR, back to you. <laughs> Maybe they were right to cut that. Maybe. <laughs> I guess I didn't miss anything, man. No, it's just funny, like, seeing that shit happen. Cause I think they just went, all right, we're going to be on TV. Cool. What is this, wrestling? All right, whatever. <laughs> maybe he got maybe he got camera shy. Maybe. You know, it's one thing to perform out in a stage in front of a bunch of people. Because mm-hmm. you're just amongst your friends playing fucking instruments. But now you're in a camera in this little studio area and there's a guy holding a mic and standing at you and staring at you, and then there's a camera. Well what's funny is like <laughs> the guitarist was like real like fucking cool. Maybe because he, he you know, this is his time to shine or something. But maybe. uh he was just like, yeah, man, I can't wait to do this. It's going to be awesome. And then, like, cut to the lead singer, and he's just, like, on. He looks like he's on fucking acid, dude. He might have been. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I don't know that much about Leonard Skinner, but I wouldn't put it past. <laughs> um, next up is Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce against the Z-Man and the J-Gun. <laughs> um, and this match happened because Rock and Roll were supposed to fight Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce, but it Bill Watts made it a better match. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Z-Man gets advantage for a while, hitting a lot of athletic moves and stuff, like drop kicks and arm drags and shit. Mm-hmm. Toss. He tags J-Gun in, and he gets low offense until he goes for a crossbody on Tex, and he fucking hot shots himself on top rope. I was like, okay, that was a pretty good little bump there, J-Gun. I'll give yeah. you that. That was pretty cool. They do a little heat on him for a while, and Tex hits, like, a roundhouse kick after a fucking Irish whip, and I was like, what? Yeah. That was bizarre. It was bizarre, but I liked it. It was kind of interesting, yeah. And then they go for a double clothesline, but then J-Gun double clotheslines them. (laughs) Go figure. He tags Z-Man in, he comes in, he hits shitty-looking karate kicks. Yep, I was like, oh, that's so disgusting, and not in a good way. Yeah, (laughs) God, they look terrible. Like Stan Lane, we just saw Stan Lane. I don't even think he got to do this, but he has a similar move that they call karate kicks, Mm -hmm. but his are better because he he does a similar motion, but it just looks better when he does it, and he kicks you in the gut. Yeah, so it's like for some reason that's more believable is the Z-Man leaping up into the air and shoving his foot off of your chest. <laughs> Cause that's what it looked like. It's like, I could do a super kick and the guy does it really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tex throws him over the rope and they get DQ'd because you're not allowed to throw people over the rope. Did you score this? Cause I just gave it a straight five out of 10. I gave it. I, I scored it because it wasn't a squash. It was a full match, mm-hmm. and I gave it five out of ten too because it was fine. Mm-hmm. Z-Man Johnny Gun 
did okay in Shanghai and Tex did okay. I like what JR said though. Has everyone just thrown the rule book out tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so many like DQs and like weird finishes. I love how JR even today sticks to the like talks about the rules, but like even like in AEW, it's like, come on, ref, do the rules. The rule book. <laughs> He's just exasperated because nobody follows the rule book in AEW. I love it. They're following it a little bit more now. It's kind of it's kind of weird seeing. I guess because it, keep, it keeps coming up. It's like, uh, do you guys enforce rules or not? Mm-hmm. Um, Vader had a promo up next. I did. That was me. Basically, my gimmick is before we start a show, if a promo stuck out to me particularly, I will ape it for the intro. Mm-hmm. Vader just keeps doing these promos where I love it. So I keep doing Vader. So until somebody could dethrone Vader, I'm just going to keep doing Vader. Vader, Vader does it like I love how he laughs before he uh, says stuff. <laughs> I love how he calls Sting Stinger. Yeah, it's like he likes Sting, but he still wants to beat his ass. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's not much to say because it's just Vader saying Stinger, like it's me in the intro, and I'm gonna whip your ass, boy. I'll whoop you. And um, you're gonna fucking feel the pain, and you're gonna when you're laying down there in fear and in pain, <laughs> and you're gonna ask, "Who's the man?" Oh, <laughs> uh, so main event time: Sting against Barry Wyndham. Oop, I got a dog. It's okay. Um, so I wrote down. I said I'm glad to see that thumb to the eyes are are still a thing here in the '90s because that's such a heel move to do. Uh, oh yeah, that was great. Like they opened up and Sting was like punching Barry and making him run away, <laughs> and then Barry just he's like, "Oh no!" He begs off and he just goes, Doom! like right in the eye. Mm-hmm. I think he heard me talking about how. You know how Barry opens every single matchup with a fucking slap to the face? It just rocks the shit out of whoever he's fighting? Yeah. He heard me, so he decided to change it up a little bit. A little thumb to the eye. Uh, Barry Barry fucking took a lot of offense in this match to the point where it's like... And I understand, like, Sting... um, Like, this is hard to put in words. Um... Because Barry grounded Sting a lot. He Sting is very agile. Um, he could do a lot of moves. He could do a lot of suplexes and stuff. Uh, Barry's just like, fuck you. I'm going to put you on the ground and make sure that you're staying there. Uh, every time Sting went to go on the top ropes, Barry would get up there and like punch him and like do the eye thing again and bring him down. So that's what I really enjoyed about Barry in this match. Mm-hmm. Barry did his usual really good work. Mm-hmm. He gets a. It's funny he hit like a big set back suplex in the beginning, and then Sting no sells it, and then he hits like this flurry and he backdrops him all of a sudden. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck! And then like, because Sting's Sting's basically a main event guy in in WCW right now. Yeah, and he has been for a couple of years at this point. Barry's been like semi main event here and there in WCW, so. I think it's it's fine that Barry takes a lot of offense here, but he shouldn't lose, which he didn't, because he's supposed to challenge for the NWA championship soon. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, Sting misses a stinger splash, and Barry hits him with a top rope clothesline. I was surprised. I don't really recall Barry doing a top rope move ever. When I saw him go up there, I was like, oh, no, this is a bad idea, Barry. But then he hit it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> then he pulls the old rope burn move. I love that thing. Mm-hmm. Where the guy grabs the headlock, and just oh, drags him across the rope. I love that. Mm-hmm. He's such a pro, though, man. He throws great punches. He did this fucking shit where he had Sting in the chin lock. He's just cranking his shit. And mm-hmm. you see it. The camera's like perfect. And he just takes his hand. He just goes, bam, like right in the top of his fucking forehead. It looked good. <laughs> looked like he hurt him. The referee, Man. the referee got fucked in this match. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a there's a spot later where he, there's ref bump. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. What do I try? Oh, Sting tries to do a comeback. He does a snap suplex, but he's just too tired. He's gotten his ass kicked too long. Yep. And then Barry's DDTs him for two. They do the sleeper spot for a while. And he's doing the shit where he gets leverage on the ropes. And the ref's like, are you doing it? He's like, no. <laughs> they do that like three times. And then he totally finally catches him. And then <laughs> he prompts, uh, like, let's see. I think I think he does another back suplex. And it's funny because JR just says, Barry is six foot six. So that's a long fall. Little things like that, man. Puts that into perspective. Did Larry Sabisco say it in this match? Because I remember a part, part where he's like, he's taking the oxygen out of him, and then Larry Zabisco's like, you need oxygen to be in, in the match because then you'll pass out. Basic? That's a real basic uh, explanation, but he's right. Mm-hmm. At least it makes it sound like, yeah, it's it makes it sound smarter than if you can't breathe, you can't fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like putting a hat on a hat thing, though, or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a spot after this where Barry was teasing and doing another top rope move, and he was fucking with the crowd, and then he just did a knee drop and tried to pin him, and I thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, Barry goes for superplex, but Sting knocks him down, and he hits a big top rope clothesline. Yeah, and then Sting starts coming back, and he starts throwing bombs and. Barry gets Sting in a headlock, and then they crisscross, and then Barry just fucking runs over the referee and kills him. <laughs> and I think he fell out of the ring. And Harley comes out, he runs out, and then he gives Barry a strap. And he's mm-hmm. like, go get him. And then, <laughs> and then this backfires, though, because Sting kicks him in the gut, grabs a strap, and just hits him a few times. And he pins him, because this happened while the referee wasn't looking. Yep. Then, Sting is done. He wraps the strap around Barry's throat, throws him outside, and starts hanging him. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, this is a face doing that. I'm like, that doesn't that seems a bit much. Barry did threaten in his career though earlier. <laughs> so maybe he felt threatened. Maybe. Okay, I'll give him that. So Vader comes out though and he picks Barry up in a bear hug and saving him. What a fucking bro. <laughs> he saved him. And ref changes his decision though as a result of Sting doing this, and Barry wins by DQ. I thought it was a double DQ. No, he awarded it to Barry Wyndham. Oh, okay. Um, I gave it a 6.75 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's so pretty good stuff. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I don't expect them to do like a main event level fucking match on TV for free. Mm-hmm. So I got I, we got a pretty good TV match there. Both guys had an out to not lose necessarily. Um. Good show. 
solid matches and announcements. The rock and roll heavenly bodies shit was the fucking highlight, though. Yep. I think that's what really puts my score over. Um, but I wrote down, very solid show uh, compared to WWF Raw. Um, <sighs> yeah. From beginning to end, there's a couple of bumps in the road. I want to say the Eric Watts promo was pretty bad. Uh, the Max Payne uh, match squash is kind of... Uh, um, I mean, you didn't have it, but the Leonard Skinner thing was kind of awkward a little bit. And yeah, I mean, overall, I give this a 7.5 out of 10. I give it a 6.75 out of 10. Okay. It's still good, though. It's still a good show. Of course, WCW wins this week. I mean, there is no way that Raw won this this week. If you told me you watch these two episodes, you like Raw better, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you're watching. So what do we got next week? Well, not the next episode, I mean. Yeah. Well, allegedly there is a dog show. So let me pull up the docs real quick. Looking so up the docs. My damn search bar works. There we go. Calendar. Where's Brett? That's how you know it's the calendar. Okay. <laughs> so. Da, 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 February. So we got. So that Raw on the 8th is not happening. Um, yeah, so, they don't have Raw again until like the 15th. So here's what I'm thinking. We do WCW Saturday night, the February 13th, and then we do the February 15th WWF Raw. And then the following ep- episode, we do WCW Saturday night with Super Brawl 3, and then back to Raw and WCW. Mm. Yeah, we can do that, sure. That way we don't have like just a big gap. Yep. Because it it keep it'll keep the flow going where we do two shows a a show. And then we'll just I guess we'll do the the shorter episode where we talk about everything. Yep. Yeah, that's what we'll do. So next two weeks from now, we're gonna do the thirteenth episode on Saturday. February 13th of Saturday night, and then Monday, February 15th for Raw. Okay. Be there. Be there or be squared. All right, I think this is where we'll end the episode. So next Thursday, we are bringing back the Nemesis Project. But finally, finally, we're going back to Resident Evil. We're going to be talking about the books. And then hopefully later down the road, we will get through Resident Evil 6 and then the Revelations. And then by the time we get that and hopefully, you know, Resident Evil 8 comes out and we'll get to play that as well. Um, but uh, if you want to catch our movie podcast, a Big Trouble Little Podcast, and um, what else am I trying to say? Oh, and this show, Getting Some Color. If you type in Nerd of You Network on Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts, and Red Circle, if you type in Nerd of You Network, you'll catch all our podcasts. And then, you know, you get to listen to them. It's, it's pretty fun. And uh, until next time, everybody.
get some color. Yeah.